how long. It's about faith under fire. And when things are looking rough and things aren't going the way you'd want, how do I trust in my God and grow in the midst? We are launching a new sermon series today. And uh, just so you know, every year we, I sit down over the summer and I build kind of a preaching calendar the next 52 weeks of what we're going to cover. We hold loosely to it. There's times where we have to make adjustments, but in general, I have a preaching calendar put together and we try to walk through those uh, preaching elements along the way. And a lot of times you have no idea what's coming up next and you're just kind of through the sensing of the Holy Spirit and some things we know are going on, we sort of set things up and, and then God so lines things up that he knows exactly what he's doing, you know? And as I put this sermon series in place, uh, this series is called, How Long? And I was like, Lord, I pray that we don't need this sermon series. Like my prayer is that when we get there, it makes sense to actually sidestep this series and bring another one in, that the whole COVID thing is gone. It's been gone for a long time. And so we're not going to get into the how long question and what that means and what it looks like. Um, praise God, we are on the backside of it and things are beginning to release. In fact, as we walk through this book, we uh, honestly can get a very similar feel to what Habakkuk actually got as a sense, as a feel, as a prophet some of the releasing, some of the relieving, and some of the worship that can come in the midst. So we're going to dive into this sermon series. It's called How Long? It's about faith under fire. And when things are looking rough and things aren't going the way you'd want, how do I trust in my God and grow in the midst? All right? How long? So do me a favor. Turn with me, if you will, to Habakkuk. Habakkuk, this is like the end of the Old Testament. It's five books from the end of it. All right? So it's Habakkuk, and then Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, right? So it's just those five books at the end of the Old Testament, if you can get to Habakkuk. And before we get going, I just want to make sure we got a little bit of an understanding of the history, all right? So as we get going here, this is actually a prophet. This is a prophet in Judah, okay? So if you remember, Israel was 12 tribes, and they took over the promised land. There was sort of the Jordan River on one side, the Mediterranean on the other, right? Jordan and Mediterranean. Israel took over with this whole middle area. There are 12 tribes. And in fact, they lived there for a long time. They eventually got some kings. God warned against it. He's like, not a good idea. Don't get a human king. You have me. And they're like, yeah, we feel a little weird. All the other guys around us have a physical human king. We'd like to have one of those too. And so God said, okay, brought the kingship in. And as they worked with their physical human kings, it, they got three kings in and the whole thing blew up. In fact, everything split up. And so 10 tribes to the north separated away and the two tribes to the south did. So to the north, it was called Israel. And to the south, it's called Judah. So the 10 tribes to the north are Israel. They took over the whole name. I'm not exactly sure how they got to take the name of the nation. You can figure out all the fighting that went in on that one, right? We're like, we're all Israel. We're splitting away. Now we're considering ourselves Israel. But the 10 tribes to the north were Israel and the two tribes to the south, Judah. And they lived very separately, different capitals. Judah had Jerusalem as the capital, the temple as a part of it. And Israel ended up having Samaria as the capital. They were very different nations. They lived differently. The kings lived differently. So there were kings of the north, kings of the south. The kings of the north did a lot worse job. Things went off the rails fast. 
In fact, so fast that within a couple hundred, 150 years, God was like, that's the end of it. And he started to have to bring discipline and judgment. So there was a nation over here called Assyria that came sweeping in and down and was used by God to judge Israel. God used the nation of Assyria, this kind of godless nation that he ended up working with. We'll talk a little bit about that in the second point. And he brought them in to judge Israel. That was in 722 BC. Judah is looking up at the 10 tribes above them to the north, having been swept in on. And they're like, see, God's more with us. We're doing well. And they continued to walk with God and they stayed in God's favor. In fact, as Assyria swept in, the one area they couldn't take over was the little area of Judah and the capital of Jerusalem. God was protecting Judah. Everybody just say, God had a plan. And I'm telling you, that's going to come up a lot today. God had a plan and he used Assyria to judge Israel. Judah is watching it while they're blessed and protected by God. Habakkuk is a prophet in Judah. Now, normally the prophets talk to the people. They're like, you people need to hear this. This prophet talks to God. And we're going to go through three chapters where this prophet is communicating with God and recording what he learned and how his faith was changed. All right? So turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 1 as we get going here. Habakkuk chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says, cry out to your God, especially in times of need. Point number one, cry out to your God especially in times of confusion and need. This is a huge deal. This time of confusion can stir us. May we cry out to our God. May we launch a celebration. May we make much of him as we lean on him and trust him. He starts out, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear or cry to you violence and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Habakkuk talking to God, he says, O Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, all caps. So he's calling the personal name of God out. He is using a very personal name. He is showing a ton of respect. He's like, O Yahweh, O one who is from eternity past to eternity future, O one who the creation depends upon and who you do not depend upon anybody. You are above it all. You are Yahweh creator, eternal one. And I come to you with that respect. This is a super respectful approach as he comes to him crying out. He says, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? How long? You ever had that phrase on your lips? Lord, how long? Like, what's going to happen with this? Lord, this has been going on for weeks, for months. Lord, this has been going on maybe for years, whatever the situation is in your life. How long, Lord? And just so we're clear, crying out to our God, it's a moment where we come to our King with the privilege of sharing what's on our heart. Please hear me. It's coming with respect but it's coming honestly. It's coming with respect, but it's coming honestly. Here's what I'm struggling with. The struggle in the prophet's heart was how long? And he's right on this edge where he's asking the honest, sincere question. And he's not disrespectful, but he's almost right there. 
He's about had enough and he's beginning to ask out. He's getting as real as he can. I'm just telling you, I've heard people say, it's really good to come to God and just pray wherever you're at. And, and, and some of that I get the heart in. But they would say words like, so I, I'm very disrespectful with God when I pray to him. I swear at him. I, like, that, that's a no. Okay, that, that's not what's going on. And there's a lot of respect in what's going on here while there's still a legit question for what's going on here. Okay? Everybody say, with respect. But honestly, with respect. Okay? And that's what's happening. He's crying out, honestly coming to him. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry out? And you will not hear me. What does he mean, you will not hear me? Like God went deaf? No, it's not a hearing problem. It's not that. It's you don't seem to be acting upon what I'm bringing out. I don't see any action in this. And I just wrote some words down this week. I was thinking this through. And you know, our faith is rattled when we believe that we are more than God. Our faith is rattled when we believe that we are more than God. Like if I'm more merciful, or maybe I'm more righteous, or maybe I'm more just, or maybe I'm just more timely. When we think we're more, fill in the blank, than God. God, you need a little bit of my guidance here. Our faith gets rattled in that moment. Just so you know, those are dangerous moments for our faith as we wrestle with all of a sudden we think God needs our counsel, right? Everybody say, that's silly. And yet, aren't we there sometimes where we're like, God, what's going on? Let me help you with this. And I even wrote these words down. Impatience is an indication of an area where God will soon be working in your heart. Impatience is an indication of an area where God will soon be working in your heart, right? As we're like, come on, God, what are you doing? I don't see it. Like, I think you should. Usually that's where we need to be learning pretty quickly, and God's going to be doing some work. Um, he says, or I cry to you, violence, and you will not save. Like, God, I'm pointing out to you how wrong this is. The people in Judah are being mistreated, the Assyrians had swept down while they hadn't taken over Judah. There were moments of them pressing in. There were hard treatments of those from Judah by the Assyrians. And he's like, look at the violence from those outside, but worse. Look at the violence inside. God, look at the people inside Judah who are no longer listening to you. You got to know that this prophet is crying out on God's righteous behalf. And he's like, God, the sin is running rampant. And I'm seeing people here that are supposed to be Jewish and they won't live it. There is violence all over the place. It is going bad. And God, I don't see you protecting what's going on. I said, Lord, please protect. Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? Okay, this is that moment where he's right on the edge. Why do you make me see iniquity? Here's the appropriate answer from God. Make you see iniquity? Like the reality is all of us have sin in our hearts. It's amazing that Habakkuk is seeing everybody else's sin and he doesn't see his own. He's missing his own heart of sin. Every day we all struggle with sinfulness. Every day we all struggle with stuff about ourselves. It's a reality. I've described sin like this. Think of it like jello. And have you ever had that jello where there's somebody's dropped in like some large pieces of fruit? 
Maybe there's even that piece of fruit that's kind of weird shaped and colored and you're like, dude, I ain't eating that, you know? And it's floating in the jello. But you know you could take your knife and you could cut right around it and flip it out. A lot of times we look at sin like that. It's like weird pieces of fruit hanging in the jello. Just cut it out and you can move on. But honestly, when we make jello, it starts out all liquid. Imagine pouring in this nasty, bitter tasting liquid, some kind of oil or whatever. You pour it in there, it just filters throughout the whole thing, and now it gels everywhere. Now try cutting it out. That's sin in our lives, it's everywhere. Habakkuk was looking at it like fruit that can be cut out and thrown away because it's just a little bit of nasty, right? And God's like, no, I'm telling you, you're missing it. It's everywhere. It's everywhere in you. It's all pervasive. And you're asking me, how can I put up with it? If I didn't, you wouldn't be breathing right now. Fair answer. Like, be careful. And Habakkuk, Lord, how can you make me see iniquity? you understand the view of yourself and your own righteousness when you say, why do you make my eyes look upon wrongness? Why, why do you make my eyes look upon somebody else thinking badly? It, maybe we feel that way as parents sometimes. When our kids lip off and we're like, oh Lord, why do you make me look upon this iniquity? Right? The reality is we all have our sin. We all have our struggle and Habakkuk kind of missing his own sin, but he's crying out, Lord God, why don't you do something about the sin of the nation? Why are you idly sitting by? You're not doing anything about this wrong. I just wrote this down. How could Habakkuk miss it? Here's the answer. We usually measure our own intent while we measure others' actions. When it comes to sin, we usually measure our own intent while we measure others' actions. Where we're like, yeah, but I didn't mean to. Yeah, but you need to know what I was trying to do there. I, right? We usually measure our own intent, but we look at the other guy and we're like, yeah, well, that's not the way it came off. Right? We look at their actions and that's how we get into this spot where we see ourselves very pristine and not so much them. And man, just so you know, he's kind of sitting there like an armchair prophet, you know? He's like on the Monday morning thing and he's like, I would have played that play all differently, man. And here's how I'd go after it. And I think it should have been like, and he's actually armchair God in this case. And a huge deal. It says, destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. And there is robbery. There's beatings. There's hatred. There's idolatry. It's rising up everywhere in Judah. It's getting nationally a problem. And it's getting internationally a problem. It's everywhere a problem. He says, so the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. He's like, God, if we establish the law, but then we don't do anything about it when it's being violated, the law is paralyzed. It's worth nothing. Can we please do something, God? I long to see you move. Oh God, do something about this sin and this unrighteousness. It says, for the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. The wicked seem to be everywhere, and the righteous are in little pockets, fully surrounded, and they can't get out of it. Lord God, it's time for us to rise up and protect. Are you ready to do something? Can we please? Fed up, tired disgusted with the choices of some and sad about where things are going and God, I would long to see you do a work. 
Habakkuk's faith is in crisis because he's been under duress for a long time. Man, can I just say this? Uh, it's been a long year. We've been under duress of a different sort. It's not been as brutal or as violent there, but we've been under it and in a lot of different ways. And it went in so many different directions. I'll just throw down a few just so we've got a little bit of perspective here. This is from my perspective, our family's perspective. And this whole thing started last year when they said, just two weeks. We're just going to take two weeks off. That's it. We're just trying to take the peak off of this thing and then just flatten the curve and then that's all. I just hate even saying that word. It gives me the willies to even say the word flatten the curve. But like, we're just going to flatten the curve. Two weeks. We sat down at one point, we were talking and we're like, surely this will be open by Easter, right? And if you remember, the next handful of weeks all stayed in shutdown. This ended up being our only and first Easter online only. And, and we went full online. We did it full tilt. We made much of Jesus Christ. Praise God. God moved huge. We saw 67 people accept Jesus Christ. God had a plan. And all of God's people said, amen, man. We can't forget it. Amen. God has a plan and he moves big and no Easter. Here's another one. No wedding for my daughter, Alyssa. We had 300 plus that were set up to be in a wedding and we ended up having uh, a small number there, a uh, very small family only to be able to do the wedding. It ended up in our backyard. So now we go out in the backyard. We think of our backyard all differently, but we go in the backyard now and that's where our wedding was for Lissa. And we ended up taking it against the trees. We had some of you who watched it online. We posted it online and anybody that wanted to watch it live could. The birds were so loud in those trees. <laughs> like you could barely hear what was going on, but we did the wedding uh, very differently than what was planned. Restaurants and businesses all shut down or in very limited capacities for a long period of time. Man, even the hospitals were in lockdown. We as pastors have not been able to go in the hospital to visit uh, for the whole time, for this whole year. It's been a horrible limitation. And that limitation has been felt, right? And we, how long, oh Lord? How long until we can get back to something normal? I love that we have this series planned and God is like, don't worry, it's freeing up right now right? And so we get to announce things loosening up right as we talk, but how long, oh Lord? And as we continue to go forward, man, outside of just our own personal experiences, man, you look at the Palestinian-Israeli thing going on right now, this skirmish or battles that are going on, the rockets all over, people dying. It's getting bad, man. And just so you know, there's wars all over the place out there and and there are cities in our United States that were allowed to be taken over by riot in this past year. Unacceptable. We just got to be able to speak. Unrighteousness will never accomplish righteousness. And all of God's people said, amen, man, huge. How long, oh Lord? How long as we see police stations given over for them to run, these people to run for some period of time and not acceptable to be losing authority and structure and governing. How long, oh Lord, what's happening here? And man, as it continued on, even the lies and the accusations, the changings, the manipulations, even the redefinition of words so that things could now be blamed or accused. I'm just telling you, it's gone sideways. And as we now watch information that is being taught into the schools, Man, make sure that we have the ability to understand our rights and speak properly when we have it. 
Make sense out of it. How long, O Lord, we long to see you move. And know this, God knows. God sees. God is moving. Don't think that we are more merciful or more wise or more just or more timely than God. We are not more than God. And all of God's people said, so we cry out, how long, O Lord? And I sit wisely under you. What do you have to say? And how are you doing at crying out how long? Are you trusting God in the process? Are you carefully, respectfully coming to him, but being real with him and transparent? Or has it gone off the rails a bit? Maybe your how long has become deeply disrespectful. May we trust as we cry out. Point number two, see, see God's sovereign hand at work as he uses even the godless nations. See God's sovereign hand at work as he uses even the godless nations. Starts out here, look among the nations and see. We know this is God speaking because the verbs all turned to the plural command form. You all do this now. This is God speaking back to Habakkuk and to his people. You look and see this. God giving the command, the Lord speaking to him. Look among the nations. You're being too myopic, Habakkuk. You're looking only in your own backyard. You're looking only into your own nation of Judah. You're not seeing what I'm doing across the world, and you're certainly not seeing what I'm doing with all of sin. Hang on. Open up your eyes. Look to all the nations and see. May we always have an international viewpoint. May we always have an understanding of the world, not just our little area, not just our backyard. He says, wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. God is like, take a look at the nations and get ready. Habakkuk, sit back, get some popcorn and start watching. Because you are going to be blown away. You watch what I'm about ready to do. You look and you see at how I'm moving. You would never guess it to be true. You think I'm sitting by? While sin is taking place, hang on, I've got a plan. I just wrote these words down this week as I was pondering this. Man, sin is not God losing. Sin is God allowing with purpose. Sin is not God losing. Sin is God allowing with purpose. Stand strong and watch. Stand strong and watch. Sin is not God losing. God is preparing and allowing, okay? I'll just say it this way. You know, I talked about how Assyria had swept into Israel to bring judgment, right? 722 BC. Now Judah is sitting there a hundred years later, and Habakkuk is crying out around a hundred years after Assyria has lost. And he's like, how long are you going to let this sin go on, God? Sin in the nation, sin around us. And God is like, hang on. 
You watch what I'm going to do, Habakkuk, as you cry out for sin to be dealt with. Assyria came into Israel. Just so you know, the capital of Assyria was Nineveh. Have you heard that town before? Nineveh. And the prophet who went to Nineveh was Jonah. He went there because God sent him on a mission. He's like, I don't want to go there, God. I don't want to go to that horrible place. Assyria is nasty people. They're vicious. And God's like, I've got a plan. Jonah went in. He shared the truth of the Almighty God. And Jonah, the book of Jonah says that Nineveh in whole repented, turned to God. The city that was the capital, which is where the king resided, switched over to following Yahweh about a hundred years before God used them. He was purging the nation and preparing them for use. And then he brought them in to judge Israel. Know this, God has a plan and he's moving in the nations. He swept into Assyria and he used in a mighty way. And man, I'm telling you, he's like, just hang on. I'm gonna do something amazing in your generation now, Habakkuk. And in this one, it'll be a little different than Assyria, where there was this massive purifying and then a use. I'm going to use a nation you'd be stunned by. And uh, he says, for behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, check it out. He says, I am raising up the Chaldeans that are bitter and a hasty nation who, much, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. I'm just telling you, I'm going to raise up the Chaldeans. Who is that? Well, that's the Babylonians. Just so you know, Chaldea was an area, like here's Assyria, right? We talked about that. To the south side of Assyria is Chaldea. It's a part of Assyria, Chaldea. It's sort of like saying, where are you from? Like, I'm a Georgian. Like, I'm an American, but I'm from Georgia, right? Down south. That's the same thing. Like, I'm an Assyrian. I mean, I'm from Chaldea, but I'm an Assyrian. That's what was going on. The king of Babylon, each of these big cities had kings. The king of Babylon, part of Assyria, ended up being a Chaldean. And so they ended up kind of taking over as Chaldeans. When there was this huge civil war, Babylon took over all of Assyria in judgment. Why? Because the repentance that came with Jonah lasted for only a generation or two and it was done. And God put all of Assyria under judgment. Babylon was that judgment coming came all through Assyria, all the way down through what used to be Israel, and right up to the walls of Judah. And he's like, hang on, I'm going to use the Chaldeans, the Babylonians. They're going to sweep through and take over all that used to be Assyria. He's like, the Chaldeans, the bitter ones, the ones from the Babylonian area, they're going to do a huge, huge work. And he says, they are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth for themselves. They are their own God. Notice, God is not purifying this nation. God is actually allowing their sin to be worked out as a destructive means for those who wouldn't follow God. God had a plan. And he's like, I'm going to use this and I'm going to allow this to do my work. Know this. Our God is working in the nations. Always. We are not more wise than God. We are not more just than God. God has a plan. Everybody just say, God has a plan. He does. God has a plan. 
says they are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth for themselves. They check themselves to see if they're right. They don't check the word of God or they don't move towards Yahweh. It says their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from after, for they fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They are hugely aggressive. They are, he compares them to the worst animals he could think of. He's like, they're vicious, and they're going to come in huge. You think you're seeing sin right now, Habakkuk? I'm going to use the sin of the Babylonians to resolve the sin discipline problem. That's how in charge I am. You hang on. Man, it's super important that we grasp this is our God in the nations. And this is our God at work. He says, all kings, all kings, they scoff and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress for they pile up earth and they take it. They are massively, viciously, horribly taking over the Babylonians. They are rough as they go after it, brutal and confident and determined as they face towards and won't back up on. The Babylonians were aggressive, vicious, sinful, and God had a plan. Man, as we look at our own world, as we look at our own lives, there is nothing wrong with recognizing right and wrong. There is nothing wrong with crying out to God and saying, Lord God, how long? There is nothing wrong with saying in America where we have rights and privileges to be able to take those moments and stand for them and to cry out for good to happen. But know this, where sin seems to be running rampant, God has not lost control. We serve a God who is in charge. God has a plan. I've heard some say, what if it means the destruction of everything we know in America? Well, then that's God's plan. That would not be what we'd want. We long for America to be something that could be a force for the name of Jesus Christ. But whatever God so chooses, we stand by Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, hear me, man, I am first a follower of Jesus Christ. And I am second some ethnicity around it, whatever that may be. Lord God, I am ready to follow you. You're in charge. As I stand up and say, how long? I understand this, God. Your tolerance and mercy for sin is way beyond mine. I look to you as the Lord of all. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, he ends it with, they will sweep through like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own might is their God. Remember the words he said to Habakkuk, you will watch and be stunned. Right now, Habakkuk, you are trying to say only the righteous will prevail. Hear me. Sometimes I will allow sinful to prevail to accomplish a bigger work. Whether that be somebody that's in some political office or somebody in some leadership, may God get the glory as you lean and trust on him and you allow leadership rightly to lead how they should and where they shouldn't to take the stand. All for God's glory. And all of God's people said, 
how long? O Lord, who is Lord of all. May we come to our God. May we lean on our King. And may we trust Him to move. He is Lord of all. Everybody say Lord of all. Say it louder, say it bigger. Lord of all, louder and bigger. Lord of all. Not sometimes, always. And all of God's people said, let's pray. 